Our reading comes from Colossians 3, 1 to 17. Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So, Father, open our eyes and our hearts now as we approach your word. Many of you will know that we have a dog, and I found that you can learn a lot about life, and especially the Christian life, actually, through the eyes of a dog. Now, during lockdown, Ludo became very reliant on human company, and his social skills with other dogs actually reduced, sadly. So far, in fact, that when we came out of lockdown, he was friendly, very friendly to people, but he gave other dogs a really wide berth. Now, over the last month, I've noticed that changing and his rather shy uh, and somewhat aloof attitude has been replaced with a desire to meet other animals to play. There'll be some of us who equally have got used to silence or our own company and for whom relationship with others needs to be relearned. We've become bound by our environment and our lives have become restricted because of what we've been through. Now, in our series on community, we've learned that God is calling us to do certain things and to behave in a certain way in order to reach out and appeal to our wider community. In all these things, we may feel a slight resentment, actually, as if we're being bound by rules and regulations and told to live in a certain way. Our passage this morning seems to reinforce that very same message. For many, that may seem completely contrary to the message that we're trying to put across. We believe that the Christian life is a message of freedom and life. And yet it could be seen as restriction and rules. How, is a, how appealing is it to our community to hear and see a message that asks them to lose their freedom and follow a more strict regime? But is our reading of that actually correct? Because in this passage, while it may have a lot of suggestions on how to live, it does at the same time suggest that we come alive in Christ and that brings freedom. Can both be true? Now, chapter 3 of Colossians starts with the words, since then. So it is as well to look back first to see what argument this is responding to. And we find that from verse 20 
of the previous chapter. Another since then, which says that we can put aside other things. We don't need to adhere to the rules of the world because they're bound to change over time. Let's be clear straight away that I I don't think that passage is advocating complete anarchy, far from it. Rather, we need to be careful what we're basing our lives upon. The rules, as the passage says, have the appearance of wisdom, but they lack any real and long-term change of lifestyle. Since then, and now we've reached chapter 3, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart and mind on things above The phrase raised with is an interesting one and it suggests being brought up, learning. It's also being brought back from the dead, so to be alive again. So why is it that the Bible seems to think that the freedom of the world is to be bound, but being bound to Christ is freedom? Let's go back to our dog Ludo. You see, he'd grown accustomed to human contact. It had become all that he knew, and so for him, that became normal. Yet in reality, his normal or his correct habitat was to be among other dogs. And similarly, we are bound in the way that we live. We have expectations put upon us, don't we, from an early age, an anticipated path for our education, our marriage, we have children and so on. We're expected to work in a certain way. We're expected to achieve. We're expected to perform at a certain level and to fulfil certain gifts and requirements. As a manager, I was expected to behave in a certain way and set targets and goals for each person reporting to me. They would be agreed. They're SMART goals, after all, if you know what the SMART goal uh, symbol is. And they would be reviewed each month and new ones would be put in place. And I had, I had complete freedom, as did they. But in reality, we were both bound by a system of activity that required us to behave in a certain way. Interestingly, as a surveyor and as a manager, there were, in fact, technical competency areas, employment law issues within which I had to work. Strict rules. But within those rules... I could then be innovative and imaginative, creative, in order to get the best out of the people and the situation that I had to work with. Operating outside those rules did not make me free at all. In fact, it would have bound me under the law of the land and human rights. Do you begin to see the dilemma? We see rules and regulations, the requirement to behave in a certain way as restrictive and harmful, and yet to perform to our best and to ensure that the best outcome is achieved, the restrictions are helpful. This is what Paul is saying to us in his letter and what God means when he suggests that under his rules and way of living, we are actually free. From time to time, we will all have the opportunity or we might even have made some monumental error. I have. And you find yourself in a position which you didn't expect and you have a dilemma. It would actually be quite exciting to do that. But strictly speaking, I know in my heart of hearts that I shouldn't. It wasn't something that I expected. I didn't look for it. So it really isn't my fault. It may even feel good to be free, to be able to choose to do something, to live a little on the edge. But the sad sad fact is 
that as soon as you do it, whatever it is, you're not free at all. That is when the feelings of shame and guilt kick in. And you find that Newton was right all along. Every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You avoid people first because you can't face them. You start to live with a secret and that drags you down. You can't sleep. You lie to cover it up. And what started as an act of freedom has become nothing short of bondage. Now, I used an illustration in the parish magazine of a car. A car has restrictions placed upon it. You may have five gears, seven or nine, whatever it is. The speed is limited. The brakes work in a certain way. Oh, deeply unfair, isn't it? It's very restrictive. But we achieve most and we perform at our safest and we perform at our best if we follow the maker's instructions. And then we have the most fulfilling and satisfying experience. It's the same for us. Because as we look at this passage, we see a list of the first 11 verses, which God is saying, put those things aside. Leave them behind and you'll feel better. Really? Yes. Being with is about behaving differently, thinking differently, speaking differently. That may sound rigid, but it's actually about being confident in ourselves. God loves us just as we are and was prepared to die for us just as we are. He did not need us to change first. Because of what he's done, our worldview is different. And that comes from the fact that our view of ourself is different. Finally, we're not bound by the memory of what we have done, the hurts we've inflicted, the wrong we've carried out. Instead, we can accept ourselves just as we are. Because that's what God has done for us. When God was asked his name, he simply said, I am who I am. And when society looks at the church, we can simply say, we are who we are. We are what we are. Broken and flawed people, but happy to be ourselves. Content in our own skin, because it's the skin and the personality that God loved and gave us. And we can have confidence in all that we say and do because of the loving confidence that Christ showed for us. To know who we are and to be accepted and loved for what we are is freedom indeed. And so in our community, we're free to speak, we're free to love our neighbour, we're free to be ourselves, even if that speech actually is silence through what we do and do not do. We are free from being bound by the world's expectations and the weight of our own sin, free to be ourself with other people because of all that God has done first for us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have called us to be ourselves. You have freed us from the restrictions of the world to be the people that you have called us to be. And we pray that as we walk forward in the days ahead, we may have the confidence to walk in your path because that is the path to to which you've called us, free to be ourselves with other people, free to speak in silence. In your name. Amen.